Hey, Yarn. Hey, Chels. What's up, girlfriend? Nothing much. You, you see, we're literally in the same room, so as you can see, I'm sitting here sipping on my alcohol-free wine, guys, unlike last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting, we're experimenting a little bit. Um, as you guys know, Chels is pregnant and unable to indulge for right now. So, what does it taste like? What is, what is it like for you? It's like, um, it's like juice. So that, that last episode, guys, was a little dated. So I was about six months pregnant then. Now I am about to drop it. And it's, I can go into labor right now. So pretty cool. Ayana got me this. I've waited nine months for this. And I didn't wait nine months for alcohol-free wine. Nine, I waited nine months. It's a wine glass that says I've waited nine months. We did not wait nine months for some alcohol-free wine. That's Absolutely not. Daggone sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we were celebrating Chelsea's birthday. How was that for you, Chelsea? Yes, the big 2-7. It was everything I wanted. For the first time in a few years, I actually worked on my birthday, which is Ooh, weird. Adulthood. Adulthood. Mainly because I just started a new job and I'll be out for maternity leave in a few weeks. So, well, for a few weeks rather. So I didn't want to take advantage of that. So I decided to work on my birthday and it was pretty chill. Kicked it with the family. Yana came over. And then that very weekend, we went to New York, visit our friend Yessie. Hey, Yessie. Hey, Yessie. It was fun. I'm really appreciative of my friends, guys. Like, ugh. I felt showered in love, as I always do, like, every day. Like, every day is my birthday. Every day is my birthday. And every night is New Year's Eve. You know that song? Ayana belongs in a musical, because she always breaks down to me, like, what? Name that song. How much of an adult are you really? Say that again. Every day is Christmas, and every night is New Year's Eve. I don't know. Aww. Sade, you give me, you give me the sweetest. Ah. Come on, y'all. She tw- but I'm the youngest, okay? I get hell every other day for the tea. You're the youngest. You really she hell, acts like you're the youngest. But she don't know her oldies tunes. I, didn't, I, I missed that one. I missed that one. But yeah, I felt I felt great this past birthday. I felt loved. I felt showered in love. But I, I mean, I always enjoy my birthdays. How do you usually feel on your birthdays? Do you usually feel like you're showered in love? Yeah, I do. But it's weird because sometimes it's like, guys, stop, don't. But no, I be basking in it, you know, like on the low. It's just like, hey, y'all love me. Y'all love me. Y'all love me so much. Chelsea's making me nervous for my birthday because I'm not worried about my birthday at all. But literally, as we're getting ready to record for you guys, she mentions like, oh, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I'm like, girl, my birthday is three months out now. Like, can we like we're not nowhere near there yet, like at all. But yeah, I always feel pretty loved. And a lot of it has to do with Chelsea, I must say, like, you're amazing, literally. Vice versa. Oh, I love my friends. Question though, have you ever felt like you were slighted from any of your friends? Like, do you think, have you ever was like, you didn't do this for me? Or did you ever have high expectations of a friend where you felt like they should have done something that they didn't? Um, I mean, yeah. Who hasn't, I guess, you know? Like, that has definitely been an experience 
with friends, with family members, with coworkers, with group mates in school that not, not holding up their portion of the things. But when it comes to friends and celebrations and like really just pulling up for those special moments in life, I've definitely had moments where I'm like, I expected more or I wanted more or maybe even secretly felt like, well, damn, I did so much more type of thing. And I think a lot of that has to do with just a complete, like blind spots that our friends may have had or just completely being unaware of our needs. Because one thing I will say is like, while I had these expectations, I always didn't make those expectations clear. And I would even go as far as saying those expectations and the desires that I had of my friends, they weren't made clear. And then I will also downplay how their lack and how them not showing up for me, how, how that really made me feel. Mm. What about you? Yes and no, but I want to explore what you said first really quick. Do you think we're required to feel that way though? Like, do you think a friend is supposed to meet these specific expectations that we have of them? That is a great question because over the years, and I think I literally just tweeted maybe like a week ago, how I've learned that all our friends, and you had to teach me this, like you definitely have taught me that and been instrumental in me learning this lesson. And it's just like every friend will not show up in the same way, but they need to be showing up. And so I guess that's like, there's a list of core values and in those values fall expectations and standards. And I think that every friend won't show up the same, but they still all need to be showing up and meeting and, and holding your core values, upholding rather your core values, the, the things, your expectations in the, of that person within your relationship. So for example, an example of one of my core values I would say is being able to depend on a friend. Now, granted, there's some friends and I am that friend. Like, do not depend on me to be your friend, to, to, to your turn up friend. I'm just not that. Like, I'm just not that. I'm, I'm, I'm in bed by 10 o'clock, Monday through Sunday, for the most part, even though I've been showing off this past week. <laughs> I am falling asleep. I mean, we have stories for days. I have been... In New York with you and Yessie, outside of the club, this was all pre-COVID. It sounds so weird to talk about the club in 2020, but outside of the club, in the car, holding down the parking spot for us. Sleep. Sleep. Sound asleep. And then the same, my friend Summer, in D.C., holding down the car, sleep. Like, left the house with a blanket knowing I was never coming out that car. Like, I always planned on just being that designated driver to bring everybody home safely. So don't don't have that expectation of me. But at the end of the day, you should and you can expect me to be, be dependable in other areas. And so, like, I still hold true to that value of being a friend that you can depend on for the appropriate matters type of thing. I agree with that. I would give um, Ayana the analogy that friendships are like, it's like a body and every body functions differently, right? Like every organ, every limb operates differently. 
like a leg can't be an eyeball, an eyeball can't be a heart, a heart can't be a brain. Mm-hmm. But as long as they're all functioning the way that they're supposed to function to make a healthy body, which will equate to a healthy friendship, then allow it to be. Mm-hmm. And allow the person that's supposed to be your arm, be your arm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But y'all be knocked out, okay? <laughs> we got we like, yo, girl, Slumbered. did you pay to get into the club that night when we went to New York? Absolutely not. Or I don't know. I don't think it was, even if I did, I didn't care. Because nothing mattered more to me than my rest. I've come to realize and respect who I am. I have moments where I want to be that person. I mean, it looks so fun. It looks so cool. It seems from a distance, like, yeah, party, yes, this, that. I'm good. A good hour into the function, I'm pretty much ready to go. There have been some exceptions, but for the most part, I'm a homebody, and I just, I have learned to honor that. But what you were saying about the body parts has always been true, and I had a period of my life where I was not trying to hear that. I just felt like if I am your arm, if I'm your right arm, you better be my right or at least my left. Like, I really expected my friend to show up in the same exact way that I was showing up like I needed it to look like that and if I if it didn't look like that if it didn't feel like that I was questioning the friendship but the the problem came in where it would be like I was immaturely questioning the friendship without communicating at all and so it's just like we cannot assume that our friends know and understand it doesn't matter how long you've known a person, how long the friendship has been. We're constantly evolving. We're constantly changing. And I don't think it's fair for us to assume that a person can't anticipate our needs without us communicating our needs. I agree. We definitely have to communicate our needs. What does that look like? What is... Communicating our needs to a friend look like. Because it's crazy. Like I feel like I'm very capable. And at this point in my life, I'm grateful to say that I have... I have been delivered from that shut mouth and I can communicate with a friend what my needs are. Um, Always been pretty able to communicate that within my more romantic relationships. It didn't always show up in my platonic relationships, but like in those romantic relationships, what does communication, communicating your needs look like for you? I think it would more so look like if you're really feeling away exercising that vulnerability and that trust in that relationship saying like, yo, like I was really disappointed that I didn't get X, Y, and Z, or I felt the way when this happened, you know, I think it depends on the individual and how they decide to communicate that, of course, but it's not bad having expectations of your friends. I think it becomes bad when we have unrealistic expectations. It's like asking a poor person for a hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Like, they don't have that to give. So why am I asking or requiring that out of you? But I think we should highlight what our friends' strengths are, and we should definitely see where their weaknesses are and just curate those strengths, you know? I don't know. It's an interesting conversation. It's really an interesting topic, too, because I don't feel like now in my life, especially recently, I don't feel like I have these unrealistic expectations of my friends because I know where everyone fits. It's like my puzzle is complete right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't have like, oh, you didn't do such and such for me. Or, oh, I feel away because such and such wasn't there for this. You know, like, I don't expect that out of you. But, woo, honey, let's share a little bit about that season in our friendship where we were definitely still trying to maneuver and grow and learn and unlearn. Because there was certainly a period where that was very much the case. We, um, we went to therapy, y'all. Y'all, it got so deep. 
that it was like we need to go in front of a counselor and that even that was not the most successful like it's been some up some down and like I said some learning some unlearning to get us to this point in our friendship but I'm grateful for it it was a lot it was like I can literally feel I feel like now I can apply our experiences and other relationships I'm talking work relationships family relationships romantic relationships even other platonic relationships it's literally like yo in the words of Hove Yana Chust went through that so hopefully we wouldn't have to go through that yeah there was a period in our friendship where we hit a rocky what would we call it we reached a, a valley there's highs there's lows there's peaks and there's valleys and there was a valley what was underneath the valley from your perspective what, what do you feel like was you know what initiated the valley in the friendship I think for me it was hurt but I was so emotionally immature to where I could not articulate or even verbalize how I felt to her hurt around what I don't want to use this term because I used it before and I used it in the midst of an argument between us and it was the it caused a spark, and I don't want to use that. But I, I said it was half-assed. Mm-hmm. And at the time, that's how I felt. And underneath that, of course, like I said, it was hurt. And I just felt like she was there. But then again, I, I felt like she just started, you know, being there because she felt obligated to be there. And then it just felt disingenuous, you know. But I will have to also, like I said, take a lot of the responsibility for it because I feel like if I was able to communicate how I really felt during that period, then maybe things would have went differently. Or maybe I would have just been at a place of peace where it's just like, okay, maybe if things don't go back to how it was, I'm at peace because I was able to speak my truth. Yeah. And I guess for me, it was lack of communicating and really doing this. I can see why energy does not lie. And while that was not my actual energy behind it, Chelsea was able to pick up on the fact that like, wow, something is different. I feel like you're there, but you're not really there. And that was 100%. Like I was trying to maintain a friendship and have it look the same exact way when we should have been getting together and maybe I should have been spending time to vent and share and catch you up on things that were happening and how I was feeling and how I'm managing and you know, we were getting together and I may have so much on my mind, but we're talking about things that we were used to talking about. We're getting together and we're doing the same things that we were used to getting together and doing. So I definitely can uh, can understand why it was like without me communicating and without under- having a, any understanding as to what the difference and what the change with the root of it was, how you can start to feel, be offended by that change when you're when you're unclear on why there is a change. But there was 100% a change, guys. This was right after college. Was it that summer or was it a little bit after this summer? It was more like the fall. Summer 16 was good. The summer was lit. <laughs> That's my kind of fun now, y'all. All right. I don't need to be in a club to have fun. We had a great summer. We really did. We did so much random traveling and just, uh, guys, we'll, we'll another episode for another time. But we had a great summer that summer. And then I guess, the, and so that's also a, a, a part of it probably where it's like, well, damn, we were just good with, we, we just, and then like the shift happened. And so the shift for me happened in my home life, you know, readjusting and coming back, being in, underneath my parents' roof and 
me and my dad just not being able to see eye to eye at the time. And at one at one point, I wasn't in the home, and I'm looking for my own place, and also in this really codependent relationship, where that's you know without saying too much, just found myself also in a really codependent relationship, and it 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 caused a lot of strife between Chelsea and I. It definitely did, and so that lack of communication really caused our relationship to suffer where we found ourselves where we underneath the same roof yeah we kind of bypassed some probably conversations that we really should have delved into and we ended up moving in together and so then we had some lingering issues that maybe they weren't big issues but they were big enough and I think we both kind of ignored those things right so the problem was Chelsea and correct me if I'm wrong you had an issue with, I was out of a relationship. We were about to move in together. And I think your problem, you had an issue with, okay, if I come and I'm moving in, is this relationship done? Like, is this person going to be lingering around? Or Because at this point, you didn't like the person at all. So it came, it came a point where it was just like, is this person going to linger around? Like, are you really done? And I'm like, yes, I'm done. Why are you dragging? Like, yes, the relationship is over. And so like, that was probably a red flag. Like that true concern about, is this person done? I can't, I don't feel comfortable to make this move without knowing that you have closed this, this chapter. And yeah, from there we had other, and then I shortly thereafter, you know, I was in a little bit of a similar situation as far as my romantic life went. And because of that undealt with issues from the past a few months prior, it kind of just rolled over. And before you knew it, we were having arguments that happened far too frequently before finally realizing we need professional help right now to help mediate this. I remember, I'll never forget that one time me coming um, coming home and Chelsea was like, literally, her dad is walking down the steps with bags because Chelsea had decided I'm moving out. I can't do this anymore. Right? Is that how it went? And I'll never forget. Oh, Mr. Keith, he's the best. <laughs> he comes down the steps and he's like, I really hope you guys can work this out. And I'm like, well, I don't think we will, Mr. Keith. I really don't. I really don't see it happening. Like, <laughs> just so emotional. But also being so hurt that like, are you serious? Like, are we had a disagreement and you leave? And then for me, that was a trigger because it's like me sorting through some feelings of abandonment from childhood just feeling like you don't leave when something just because something bad happens like I definitely am one to stick around sometimes um to my detriment but stick around in relationships because I'm willing to fight and sometimes you know it's, it's good to know when it's time to depart and it's also good to know when no this just requires a little more effort than probably we're used to so it was like a first it was a test in our friendship it really was but it took time. Like, I can't even say that counseling was the answer. It absolutely, the counseling session, guys, just let y'all know, ended epically. It was an epic fail. Remind me of really what happened. All I remember is a storming out of the session, like, exchanging words, and then, like, it was just unsuccessful. Yeah, it was, it was, I think that was, I don't even think we paid for that section. That session. Nope. It was like, y'all keep your money, because we didn't help at all. I, I don't think like, so. <laughs> Yeah, it was so bad. It was so bad. I think it ended abruptly, though, because I left. Because I was just over it. I was over it. But I was over it in the sense that I didn't know how to communicate my feelings. So it was like, what is this? How do you feel? And things like that. And I would try to articulate it. But then, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was just getting frustrated. And I, I just became so frustrated. I just left. 
And that's, again, that triggered me with the leaving. And then it's just like, now I'm really hurt, but instead of just expressing my hurt, I'm expressing something that feels and seems a lot more safer to express, which is anger. Mm-hmm. I feel like at the time, it was, it was, it was a lot of lingering things. It was less about, it was, it, it wasn't the person specifically. Like it wasn't, I didn't agree with the relationship. I told you that off rip, but it wasn't the person. It's not, it wasn't the person. It was more so how I felt she was acting within the relationship. It was just like, damn, what about me? Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, that could be a, a case of just like, damn, I just messed my friend. You know what I mean? And I was in a space where just, just, just reflecting on the situation, this topic, I also feel like we were growing. Like we had a friendship in college. Our, our, our friendship developed in college. And we had a lit summer. Like, summer 16 was everything for us. And then I think reality hit once, you know, fall hit, wintertime. Like, that's when reality starts to hit, started to hit. Cold world. <laughs> and we tried to, we tried to maneuver in a college-based friendship, right? And we were no longer in college. Like, we were becoming grown women. Life was happening to us. So we, we didn't grow with the the friendship didn't grow with our age, if that makes any sense. And I think that was one of the major issues. It's a beautiful journey. It was a beautiful journey. It was a beautiful journey filled with highs and lows, tears. Mm-hmm. Glasses being thrown. Yes, it was, it, was, it was crazy. It was a lot. But, yeah, I really feel like once we kind of got comfortable, I think that really the breaking point that was – was when we started to have conversations that looked like being authentic and vulnerable to how we really felt, which was I don't feel supported. Mm-hmm. I or I don't or I don't feel like you're being a good friend, and this is why. Like once it wasn't hidden behind nonchalantness or anger or other emotions that we would use to mask how we really felt. And once we really were able to say, like, that hurt my feelings. Like, you said that, and that hurt. Or you are not being fair to me, and this is why I feel like you're not being fair to me. Or whatever the sentiment may have been, once we were able to actually be true to how we felt and share that, that is when, and it took time. It was like, it took time. We didn't always get it right every time. Maybe maybe it would happen one time, and then, okay, so a moment of vulnerability would happen, honesty and truth. We have an honesty and truth session. What I was saying before we got cut off was um, we process things different. And I think also that's, that's important to know. It's important to know when you can know, because if we're talking friends here, you know your friends. So for me, guys, I have a very different approach when it comes to processing. I am really quick to reconcile, but sometimes it could be, it's not such a good thing, okay? Because I haven't truly set with how I really feel, but because I have this end goal of being on better terms with a person, I kind of skip some steps for myself, and everyone's affected by that. So... Chelsea literally moves so much slower. Like, guys, she... It's not just the pregnancy, y'all. She legit be moving on her own time. She be, uh, I'm so nervous for when baby Manny gets here. 
it's like, come on, Manny, chew, the, chew your food. Let's go. It's just like, I am always done my food first. I am always at the door first. I'm always out the door first. I am always just in general. But that's a little joke. But um, why rush through life? Why rush through life? But so Chelsea would take the time that she needed after a disagreement to kind of process. But for me, sometimes with time, I would become, I would grow more frustrated because I'm sitting on my end of things with my perspective, kind of mocking in that perspective. And I will always get these text messages that said, Hey, when you get a call, when you get a chance, could you give me a call? And I, I knew what that, what that call was going to be about. And it was just like, oh, so now you want to talk. I'm at work now, and now you want to talk. And I will sometimes bring that energy to our conversations. Like, on more than, more than, more than one um, incident, the, that energy will be brought to, that, to, to the conversation. But um, I've learned now, and I am learning, because I have not fully mastered this, but the importance of allowing time because I have other friends who also require just time to process how they feel. And to, and they don't feel comfortable having a conversation until they're clear with themselves about how they're feeling. Whereas I am more open to processing with, I guess. And I don't think there's a right or wrong way. I just think there is a, there's a way to respect when someone's way looks different than yours. I feel like we got an opportunity to, to kind of like, well, this is just... My take on it, I could be wrong. But I feel like now it's just seeing both of us and how we've both grown. I think we, we're we still learning, we're still growing, and we still process things in our own way. However, I am seeing a lot of um, her ways of processing and me. So, like, I, I do try to make an effort to to reconcile at least as quickly as I possibly feel comfortable doing. You know, like... I also, I think it takes me a minute to process one because I don't know exactly what I'm feeling and I need to know why I was offended um, and I need to be able to articulate it in a productive way. So if I am feeling offended, I don't want to come at my friend like, yo, like I don't, you was on some BS and da, 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 da. there's a way that you go about it. And if I'm not in a space where I can communicate solution based, then I don't feel like I should be approaching that situation. However, um, being friends with Diana, I did realize, like, okay, I see that this doesn't need to be lingering for this long. <laughs> like, we can we can handle this, like, right here, right now. I'm not saying, like, you know, everything is so instantaneously with me now, but I do try to make it a priority to reconcile as quickly as I possibly can, especially because Scripture says that you should not go to sleep angry, especially with someone that you love. You know what I mean? And the last thing I would ever want is to be on bad terms with someone and then something happens to them. It's just like, Oh my yeah. God, it's a nightmare. Yeah. So what happens when you've established or you have found the courage to be vulnerable with a friend? You shared how you feel. You communicated, but there's no change. You still feel like you're experiencing this, this issue with this friend. How do you move? Have you ever been in a situation like that? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. I don't know if it's just because my memory's bad. I don't know. Bring the pregnancy brain. It's the pregnancy brain. But I think what I could suggest is, one, I will have to evaluate the friendship. And evaluating in a sense of I have to see, like, do I think that this person is doing it maliciously or they're really just doing it 
because they're just in their own little world. Because sometimes I'm in my own world, and it's, it's not until someone brings something to my attention where it's just like, oh, my bad, I did that again. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but it all it goes back to what you said before is knowing your friend, right? So I might be offended by something that a friend said, but then it's like, uh, you know, did that person really mean it that way? Like, I would have to check myself. See, I'm scared of that. Because for me, I pretty much like to bring up, at this point in my life, because I because of how I realize how sensitive I can be and where, and I do store things subconsciously, I pretty much, I'm not going to be a, a, a contentious, nagging friend, but, like, I pretty much like to bring up when I've been offended. Like, I don't want to continue. I'm scared of finding myself in a space where I'm continuing to overlook 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 without having a conversation about the fact that i'm overlooking mm-hmm. does that make sense mm-hmm. like you were saying you know think considering your friend did they really mean it like that sure they may not have but for me i think it's it could be dangerous for me to continue to uh, reason with the situation in that way because it doesn't change how it made me feel i think of course, everything is uh, circumstantial and situational. Uh, we can't really blanket this type of topic. But something I told my little brother uh, yesterday is, you. unfortunately, we don't have the power to change people. So we have to accept our loved ones, who they are and how they are. And whether, despite how we feel about it, we just have to accept it. We have to accept that these this is who this person is. And, um, I know for me, once I was able to accept people for who and how they are, I knew how to operate around that. My expectations probably wouldn't be so high. I would know when I would need to address something versus when I didn't need to address something and so on and so forth. I think it really just goes down to understanding and accepting people for who they are. Yeah. And I think that's something I actually am still working on. As accepting and and loving as I feel like I can be towards people as diverse and inclusive. Um, I hate that terminology now. I literally, I, it's true though. Like I really do hold equity close to the heart. Diversity is important. Like <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. It's my master's program I'm in right now. Like it has opened my eyes to so much. Yes, master. And it's so important, but. I can be so accepting at times, but that's also an area. And I just am so grateful for the friends and in my life that God has used to show me my heart, to show me areas that need to be worked on, to show me myself overall in, in deep, deep ways. Um, that Without those friendships, I don't think I'll be forced to look at myself in certain ways at all. Um, I can honestly say that all my friendships with every single one of my friends have literally made me a better person, a better friend to them, a a better woman, a better listener, a better daughter, a better all the above. Like it has, it has really just elevated me in so many different ways that I'm so grateful for. And we talk about, like, that down period in our friendship. But I actually appreciate that season that we had. I don't think we would be where we are now if it wasn't for that season. Like, that was that was a beautiful storm, now that I look back at it in retrospect. Like, it was, it was a beautiful storm. It had to happen. Yeah. A lot 
A lot of healing happened in 301 Schoolhouse Lane. God knew what he was doing when he set that up. God, because all you heard was, you hurt me. You hurt me. <laughs> but it was needed. It was needed. It was needed. And it created a bond that just strengthened, like, something crazy. So I would just encourage anybody that's listening who may have been turned off. Now, it's, it's, I am not saying by any means like that we should have to suffer in our relationships and get beat up verbally um, or, in a, or emotionally or even spiritually in our relationships. Like that is something that requires discernment. Or get a glass thrown at. <laughs> Guys, stop. It's, it's something that requires discernment. It's something that, that you have to apply wisdom with depending on the situation. But I will say that there is no blanket way to operate in a friendship and it's going to be tailored to each individual relationship. It needs to be individualized for each relationship. Your relationship with your friend from college is not, may not look the same as your childhood friend, your neighborhood friend, your friend that that, that your coworker turned friend, like it's not going to look the same. And so I would just encourage anyone that's listening right now to, uh, one, Assess your friendships. It's important. Do an authentic assessment with yourself about where you stand with your friends. Do you feel supported by your friends? Do you feel loved? Do you feel like you could depend on your friends? I mean, you have to create a list of values in which you want all your friends, the, the, no, the, no matter of the, the, the function of that body, are they functioning the way they're supposed to be? That body that Chelsea referenced earlier is it a functioning friendship that adds to your life? Because I will say that in this age and stage of the game, we are um, in our latter parts of, t- t- of our 20s. I mean, I'm still, so, I'm 26, y'all. So I'm still, I feel like I'm coasting in the middle here a little bit. But now nah, we, we can round up. And we're getting older. And it's just like, it's not enough to have friends that are just convenience. They're, they're convenient. We conveniently live near them. So it's like, oh, that's my go-to friend to get a bite to eat with. I mean, that is appropriate, I guess, to some degree, but that's not what I really categorize as a friend. That's what a neighbor. That, what does that look like, though? What does a friend of convenience look like? A friend of convenience is someone that literally you don't feel comfortable sharing with somebody when that person asks you how you doing what's been going on and it's just you and that person and you guys are not amongst other people you feel uncomfortable you don't feel like this is a safe space for me to really truly tell you what i've been going through whether it be good news that you have to share and you don't feel comfortable sharing that good news or maybe some not so good news and you don't feel you don't feel safe or feel like this is a trustworthy person that you can go into detail about aspects of your life with I feel like that is a friend that you do things with, but that's not a friend that you do life with. Mm. And so again, I would say to anyone listening, assess your friends. Are these friends that feed you? Like, are these friends that are are adding to your life? Are these friends assets? And if not, how do you change that? Have you attempted to have a conversation with that friend or with those friends? Have you had an opportunity to give them a chance to get it right? And then after that, have you seen a change? And if not, and ain't nothing to cut that friend off. Snip, snip, ho. Snip, snip. <laughs> I agree with everything you said. Wow. That was good. I, I agree. And I can't agree more. It's so funny because people can look at things or situations and be like, oh, my gosh. Like, a lot of times they do look at us and be like, oh, you know, they never know. 
you would never know. Like we sat through counseling. <laughs> like it was like a lot that went into it. But moved out, moved in, mm-hmm. moved in, like you know all types of different things. Mm-hmm. I think what's important is that we understand that it's important to grow with your friendship. Like your friendship is not going to look the same yeah. each year. It's not. We're all growing. I'm. If I'm being completely vulnerable, I'm curious to see how our friendship is going to grow once Manny gets here because that's a totally new chapter in both of our lives. Mm-hmm. We're so used to just get up, go here, whenever we want. And now it's like, I can't do that. Yeah. You know? It's, y'all, I'm not going to allow child's like, I am going to honor motherhood. I truly am. But I'm also just not going to allow her to be because Charles has some tight ass tendencies. Wow. Do we agree? <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> like, Charles has some tight-ass tendencies, and I sometimes can be a little bit more spontaneous and like, let's do it. Like, let's go. And so, you know, it will be interesting. I think about, um, for those who watch the show Insecure, how Amanda Seals' character, whose name is missing me right now, and Kelly. I can't remember Amanda Seals' character. Tiffany. <laughs> how Tiffany and Kelly how that dynamic shift in their friendship. And one thing I will say though, is thank God to our past experiences, we had the tools to be able to maneuver this change, to be able to grow with this change, to be able to be honest in this change. Um, So yeah, it's about, it's about the tools. Mm -hmm. It's about the tools for sure. For sure. And advice to anyone out there. Um, one honor where your friend is now don't don't necessarily forget what happened in the past but honor where they are now because i can say there was a situation with both of us on two different occasions where i brought up something from the past and she was like i'm not there anymore and then you know she expected me to react the same way i i usually react in the past and i had to tell her i'm not there anymore you know what i mean But also, the friend on the opposite side, you need to be a little bit more sensitive because if that's what they're used to seeing, then you have to be a little sensitive as to why that PTSD, for the lack of better words, is resurfacing for them, thinking like, oh my gosh, like this is about to happen again. Right. And you said don't forget, but I think it really is important to forgive. Oh, yeah. When we love and we think about, like, how we're called to love, love does not keep records of wrongdoings. And that's hard. That's not, it's almost not human. It literally requires the spirit of God to help you do, to not, because it's a defense mechanism. It's, it's very human to apply lessons or apply other situations to more current situations. It helps us deal with those situations it helps us maneuver around those situations and so it's like we should for we are called to forgive we have to forgive we should be able to forgive how many times a day seven times seven times seven seven times 70 yeah seven times 70 times a day so we, we forgive but we need to we may not forget and be honest about that be true don't try to overlook like i like i think like we mentioned before, there were things that we, we had moved on, but we didn't really, truly, it was still there. I don't think we addressed it head on the way we should have. So we we forgive and we love by not keeping record of wrongdoing. Woo, Lord, that was good. And it's therapeutic. I love having these conversations because 
if you can leave a conversation that may have once been so heavy, but you're leaving so light, like, that's how you know, like, it's, it's, it's truly healed. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, this happened, but, you know, um, and I love the buts in situations. Like, yeah, this happened, but there's glory after it. But pivot turn, what? <laughs> but yes, guys, yes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again to another week's episode of Yan, Chelsea, and everything else. See ya! Later.